I wanted to talk about why is it that we fast on Tainus Esther. Now throughout the year we have fast days, but none of them really compare to Tainus Esther, both in the way that they were established, the reason to fast, and even their halachas. There are four fasts that we know that commemorate the Harbin of the Beis HaMikdash. There's Tzayim Gedalia, Sarbatevis, Shavasa Batamas, and Tishabav. And these fasts are a function of Avelos, right? The sadness of the destruction and they're recognizing that we have to atone for the sins that prevent the Beis HaMikdash from being rebuilt. And then, of course, there's the Deraisa fast, the Torah fast of Yom Kippur, which is for the purpose of us becoming very close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and resembling, uh, you know, shedding all physical contacts so that we can become very Ruchnistig. And uh, the, these fasts are either Torah ordained, like Yom Kippur, or the Nevi'im really ordained the other four fasts. Tishabav, Sarbatevis, Shavasa Batamas are all mentioned in Navi. So they're, they're, they're basically the earliest kind of rabbinic ordained um, fast, very close to a Torah uh, mitzvah, are, are the other four fasts. So where does Tainus Esther fit in to those? Why, why are we fasting at Tainus Esther? Now it's not to commemorate the Harbin, and it isn't like Yom Kippur, because there's no other aspect of the day that's like Yom Kippur. Uh, so what is the significance of it? And it wasn't ordained by the Nevi'im, it wasn't even ordained by the Gemara. It's a minig. It was, it's uh, post-Gemara. Very, very early, probably immediately after the Gemara, because it's, it's universal. All areas of every single Jew keeps it. But nevertheless, it's not a Gemara-ordained fast. And that's why it has, it's more lenient in its halachas, as we mentioned earlier, that um, you don't even have to be really sick to uh, not be obligated to fast. So what is the pshat? Why was this fast ordained and what's the point of it? Why are we fasting on Tainus Esther? So the Mishnah Bruce says, the reason is that in the days of Mordechai and Esther, Klal Yisrael went to war on the day of, uh, on, on Yugimel Ba'adr, and since they went to war, the, the, the Torah prescribes that when Klal Yisrael goes to war, they should fast, and they should daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they should war while fasting. It like, seems counterintuitive, but they went to war, and they were fighting the war while they were fat, fasting in a situation of tshuva and of tefillah and closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because that was our understanding. That's what's going to win the war. And that's what Klal Yisrael did, on Yud Gimel Ba'adr. And the, obviously, the, we know that they did that because... Moshe Rabbeinu did that when he fought Amalek, and that was a custom throughout all of uh, the history of Klai Yisrael, that when they fought a war, they fasted. So that's how we know they fasted. And since they fasted, and they were obviously so successful in their fast, so the Klai Yisrael was naig to accept this fast upon themselves, on Yud Gimel Adar, and it's called Tainus Esther, to remember, Mishaburah says, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees us, and he listens to every person when he's in a tzara, when he's in a difficult situation, as long as he fasts and does tshuva, to, to returns to Hashem with his whole heart, like they did in those days. So the reason why we fast on uh, Tainus Esther then is very, very different than any other fast that we have. We're fasting in order to remind ourselves of the power of tefillah and the power of tshuva. And just as they davened and, and fasted and returned to Hashem with all their hearts and, and Hashem listened to them in such, a, in, in such an open, miraculous way, we emulate them and fast as well. Now, it stands, it's very simple reasoning logic, that the purpose isn't simply a reminder, right? It's not just to remind us of the power of Phila and tshuva. First of all, it's very excessive that we should, a whole nation of Jews should fast just as a reminder. That seems like a lot. And really, the truth is Purim itself is, is a reminder of that, right? That's what Purim is all about, is to remind us of the power of Tvila and tshuva and how Kaddish Baruch Hu um, listened to us. Now, it seems like that the idea is that we should fast 
to emulate them, meaning to say we should continue what they did and we should do tshuva and we should fast and, 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 and we should try to do what, what they tried to do on this fast. Now, in that way, then, the Tainus Esther is kind of similar to the fast that we fast on the Kharban, but the problem is, is that the four fasts that we fast for the Kharban have a very specific purpose, right? Why do we fast for on Tisha B'Av and on the Shavasa B'Tamas? Is because we're trying to atone, trying to atone for the virus that caused the Kharban. We're trying to convince HaKadosh Baruch Hu to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash again. So there's a mission, there's a goal, there's a purpose to these fasts. But why are we fasting? What are we fasting for? On the, when they fasted, uh, when Esther and Mordechai fasted, there was something they were fasting for. They were going to war against Amalek, against all the enemies of Klai Yisrael. There was a decree that wasn't clear how it's going to turn out. That, that was a very big imperative for them to fast. But why are we fasting? What is the purpose of this fast? Yes, they did it. We want to remember what they did. But what, what, what are we trying to accomplish? We're not in that situation now. And I think that the simplest answer to that is, is the true answer. And the answer is, is that when Mordechai and Esther and all of Klai Yisrael fasted before going to war with the Amalekim and their enemies in the time of Purim, they were asking for Hashem's mercy, that the decree should be fully rescinded and they should be saved from their enemies. And, and that was the goal. And it was answered. And they were victorious to a degree that's unparalleled in history. But they could have achieved much, much more than that. Really much more than that could have been achieved. Chazal asked, why don't we say Hal on Purim? It's a yantip, why don't we say Hal? So Chazal, one of the answers Chazal gives, that Akati Avde Achashverish Anan. We're still the slaves of Achashverish, meaning to say we're still the servants, we're still in Golis. We're the servants of Achashverish, we're the servants of a king, we're the servants of a prime minister, we're the servants of a president. We're not living in Eretz we're still in Golis. So it's not appropriate to have Halal on Purim because the, the victory was not, Full. It wasn't. It didn't achieve its full potential. Klal Yisrael essentially, through Purim, had the potential to emerge from Galus and return to Eretz Yisrael and rebuild the base of Mikdash permanently. Um, Chazal say that this could have happened. They say that the defeat of Amalek and the enemies of Klal Yisrael on Purim was really the precursor to the coming of Mashiach. It was what's going to happen when all the enemies and, and Amalek, which is the precursor for Yad Al-Kais Cup, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's full glory to be, to be demonstrated. So this was the first step in Mashiach coming. Then too, in Purim, when, when they destroyed all of Amalek, it was a, a, a moment of where we could have entered the, the times of Mashiach. We could have entered the, the times of, of the end of days, of Yeshua, the, the true Yeshua. And Chazal say that when Klal Yisrael went up to Eretz Yisrael with Ezra, we spoke about this uh, back by uh, Sarah Batavis, they could have had the same kind of Nisim that Klal Yisrael had when they went into Eretz Yisrael the first time. If everybody would have gone together with Ezra, if everybody would have done Tshuva, Rashi says, It would have been the permanent Geula. So that when they left from Bavel, when they left that Golis, if they would have, if they would have really done the tshuva in the way it was meant to be done, if they would have finished the job, that would have been the final geula, and the destruction of Amalek would have been the precursor. That would have been kind of the Mulchemes Gaigu Magai, and everything would have ended then. And the base of Mikdash, the second base of Mikdash, would have been the final base of Mikdash. And Rashi explains, Their tshuva wasn't a full tshuva. They didn't really do a, full, a good enough tshuva to be able to accomplish that. They did a tremendous tshuva. And they were able to bring about the destruction of Haman and his sons and, and the whole decree. But not, they didn't finish the job. And that could have happened, but it didn't. So essentially, that's why we fast on Tainus Esther for the exact same reason that they fasted, because they didn't finish the job. And now it's the job of every 
generation to try to finish that job and to try to make it that this year Purim, when we celebrate the destruction of Amalek, it should also have the same power and the same value as the destruction of Amalek so many, so many years ago. And then we should be able to continue from Purim into Pesach, into a real Pesach, with the Beis HaMikdash, with Eretz Yisrael, with a carbon Pesach. That's why we're fasting at Tainus Esther. We're fasting not to remember what they did, or not to remember the power of what they did, but to continue what they did. They started the process of tshuva. Their, through their efforts, they were able to bring about the, the Mechias Amalek, the destruction of Amalek, which is a necessity for Bias HaMashiach. And it should have been followed with a true Bias HaMashiach. Ezra going up to Eretz Yisrael should have been all of Chal Yisrael. It should have been the, the Binyi Beis HaMikdash. It should have been permanent. It wasn't. Why? Because there was something missing. And that's what we're trying to fill in. And so when we come to Tainus Esther, besides that it is a day that Swaram say that all kinds of tefillahs are answered and the tremendous power of tefillah, they started a process and they imbued it with that ability. They were successful, at least mostly successful, in destroying Amalek. We can take that and continue it and bring it to its full completion so that the Purim that follows is the final Purim that brings us to the true Geula Hasida. So in this way, Tainus Esther is very different than the other four fasts. The other four fasts where we are fasting because of the Harbin, because of after the fact. In Tainus Esther, we're trying to continue the before the fact. We're trying to do, to to enable the Hakadosh Baruch Hu to create that this Yeshua that started on Purim, which we're going to be celebrating, should be the true beginning of the Yeshua of the total Yeshua of the Gula Sida, which is what it was meant to be. So that's the I think the Pashta understanding of what it is we're doing when we're fasting on Tainus Esther. I just want to mention quickly, there was one other thought I saw, which was just fascinating to me. It's one of the Rishonim, Sefer Ashkel. He says that the reason why we fast on Tainus Esther is similar to the reason why Chassan and Kala fast. Now, why does the Chassan and Kala fast? So they, the Svarim say that the Rekeah Chassan Rishonim say that the reason is because you're going to do such a tremendous mitzvah, you want to prepare yourself for it. And preparation requires real, very serious preparation. So the, the preparation to Kriya Samagila they were, they, the Kalei was accepted upon themselves to fast the whole day in preparation. Chas and Kala are doing the, one of the biggest mitzvahs of their lives, the mitzvah of chuppah, the mitzvah of getting married. They fast the whole day to prepare themselves for it. It's also a very fascinating thought to have that the, the concept of fasting on, on Tainus Esther is, is preparation to give us some idea of the, 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 the power that there is in the mitzvah of, uh, of, of, of Purim and of, of Megillus Esther. Have a good night, a good Shabbos, and a Freil Chapurim.